following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 53 of the PWT cast. My name is Crump. And this is Stank. And we're your hosts of the PWT cast. Stank, how are you doing today? And I'm doing good. I, I've been outside. I think this has kind of like been a weekly thing for me. I've been outside watching softball, getting some sun. Um, today was supposed to be like a balmy 70 degrees, but it's been actually scorching hot. So um, I guess I can't complain. I'll be complaining about how cold it is in a couple months. So, see, I'm very much I'm very much a whore for fall weather. Like myself, yeah. myself, and a friend of the show, Matt Nix. Uh, who brings us uh, our sponsor of the show, actually, Freelance Wrestling. Um, he and I, and I'll get into why we were in a U-Haul later on, but we were driving around in this U-Haul, and the weather was, like, just very cool and very reminiscent of, like, uh, like Seattle weather, is what he said. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember I was recanting to him that this that weather was also very similar to the weather in San Diego when I was down there. And I remember just falling in love with San Diego, but it's very much one of those things where at the end of the day, I, I, I just can't see myself ever leaving Chicago, despite it's it's erratic weather where one day we're winter, the next day we're summer. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, despite the despite the Chicago weather, it's a, it's a very wonderful Sunday. Um, I've gotten a lot of things done so far. I, I woke up really early today to uh, finish fixing up the studio. For those of you for those of you who have been following the couch saga, uh, it is done. We we reached this conclusion. Got got a couch in here. Uh, Friend of the show, uh, Dirty Dave uh, Lasso of Boogie Dogs. He was moving, him and his family, they were moving actually to Seattle. And he was getting rid of some furniture. He, you know, gifted us with this wonderful couch. And so myself and Matt Nanks, we we rented a U-Haul, went over there, took it down. Luckily for us, when we came back, uh, some of his wrestling students were here and they helped us bring everything up here so shout out to davy bang shout out to angel they they were both wonderful and helping us we finally got the couch in here and i've just been i've been buying these shelves to display these funkos putting up all the artwork that uh we've had now kind of just sitting off to the side waiting you know to, to be hung up till kind of everything was where it is we have uh so we have some new podcast equipment actually we have these fancy arms you know, much like you see on, on like if you ever watch a live joe rogan you know he has these cool little arms that extend other people have them as well but i i relate them most to joe rogan much like i do everything. We're, we're coming, yeah what's up we're coming for you, Joe Rogan. We're, we're getting all the equipment. We're coming for you, <laughs> Joe Rogan. Uh, but yeah, I've just been up all. I was up all night, and even this morning, just getting it together. Uh, specific. I wanted to make it look presentable, specifically because, and I teased it a little bit. I, I was questioning the internet whether it's not something they would want to do. But Dave and I were we're in the very early stages of uh, starting up a Patreon. Um, it's something that we've talked about for a while. But it's just something that now we're like, you know what? Might as well just kind of pull the trigger on it. Um, so we're again, we're working out the details for everything. But there's gonna, definitely going to be some more podcasts coming your way. Um, you know, some behind the paywall. But uh, again, it's it's nothing that won't be. Uh, it's going to be asking for too much. You know, Dave and I, we're not much to uh, contrary belief. We don't do this to get <laughs> rich. Uh, you know, we don't. Well, which is funny to expand on that. 
we, we were kind of mentioning it on Twitter, and I can't remember who said it, but someone's like, yeah, yeah, we know you guys are getting rich and you're bulletproof and pro wrestling. Listen, I, I don't think, even with like shirt sales and stuff, I don't think we've made a single dime. We've taken all that stuff and like reinvested it into, you know, the space. We're renting the space. Uh, Berto's been feathering the nest, getting it ready. I mean, we're we're, we're not Scrooge McDuck diving into our our no. little bank vault. But, no, def- um, definitely not. Like, and, and that was a very that was a conversation even early on with us where we were like, "Hey, we're probably not going to make any money off of this." Like let's just reinvest it into the show and that's what we've done you know we have this this cool sound and we love doing it yeah and yeah. That, that's our thing like if it, it was up to me dave and i would be podcasting every single day you know we'd have yeah. or we'd be like joe rogan like three times a week uh but no we, we, we again any anyone who's ever bought a t-shirt from us all that money you know last month we donated it uh all the other money we've ever gotten it's just been right back reinvested into the equipment that we use you know the the space that we use because we want it to be as legit as possible Mm -hmm. neither of us went to broadcasting school so it was kind of just learning on the job uh neither of us are the most tech savvy either uh we've been super blessed with having a lot of people to be able to guide us and oh try this or do it this way and so it's it's this is a thing we do because we love it even if i've mentioned it before if it was just vivian and trevor outlaw and jesse kohlenberg listening to this uh we would still put in the the exact amount of effort and uh love that we have for this as if it was a million people listening to it you know it's yeah but listen it, it takes a village right and we want you guys to be our village Exactly. And we, listen, we, yeah, and we love all you guys, which is why, uh, you know, the Patreon thing came up. So, again, when we have more info on that, we'll def, we'll, you guys will be the first to know. We'll, we'll talk about it. And there will be some video stuff too. So, uh, you'll be able to see us and be like, oh man, they definitely have a face for radio, huh? Um, <laughs> but Dave, uh, you know, we, we mentioned t-shirt sale. We have our upcoming summer sale, which starts tomorrow, August 4th, uh, noon central standard time. I always get confused and flub that, uh, from August to August 6th, uh, noon standard central time. And it's 20% off all wrestling merchandise, uh, excludes AEW merch. You know, they've been having so many sales that they kind of want to just like, Hey, yeah. we'll, we'll, you know, we'll take a break on this one. Um, but the promo code is summertime. Again, that's 20% off everything non AEW related and orders of a orders over $150 get a free one hour T mask, which listen, I'm a big fan of like getting custom masks. Now, uh, I've got an overwatch. Nope. Not overwatch overlook hotel. Uh, I always say overwatch by mistake. I don't know. It's any, so easy to say overwatch. I don't know anything about overwatch aside from there's a hamster. Uh, character yeah. and i'm always like whenever paul and eric would talk about it I'd be like yeah hammy the hamster is that your favorite character and they just get like you just see it on eric's face he just wants to fucking punch me in the face because i'm like hammy the hamster it's your favorite character uh but i have like my overlook hotel face mask um that i just go around with I'm, I'm waiting for someone to like just do like the ram rom finger thing at me hasn't happened yet but uh with this new sale we have a a a good bit of news coming uh from our end we will have a a brand new t-shirt available um yeah maybe two 
po- possibly two. We're not promising anything, but for yeah. sure we're gonna have the one out. And Dave's Dave's shown me both uh, rough drafts of both designs, and whew, boy, do they look amazing! I love them. Like I, I love them. Like listen, yeah. it, I I literally think oftentimes I sit here and I'm just like, man, like what would it be like to live in the times of like. Uh, Michelangelo and Leonardo da Vinci and <laughs> now I know because you know I've been we're living it baby I'm, we're living it I've been blessed enough yeah. to have you know the, I would one could say the modern day uh, Michelangelo as my you know as the co-host with me on this podcast who just designs these awesome designs and oh, boy boy are they amazing You're <laughs> but, uh, uh, yes. so yeah you use that code summertime when that sale starts uh and uh, get that 20 percent off our new drops and hey, at least one drop and hey, maybe two for, for everyone who purchases a t-shirt uh i'll go ahead and throw in uh those brand those brand new stickers we have we have the watchman stickers and the, the pwts mm-hmm. kanji ones um you know it's it's just a, as a thank you to everyone who purchased it you know i always go out of my way and i i sign the invoices i, I put a little message on there sometimes dave puts on lipstick and, and kisses the invoices uh, well we, I, I was gonna kiss the stickers and then Berto was like stank coronavirus exactly. so i stood six feet away and i blew a kiss at them exactly so every so. every sticker that you get dave has uh from six feet away wearing a mask so that there's no uh, uh particles yep. on it and I'm winking the whole time. Exactly. Uh, and so, yeah, so we appreciate all you guys who, you know, purchase a T-shirt for us. Uh, and I, again, based on these designs, I'm pretty sure they're going to be, it's going to be a very popular one. Uh, so, again, that's use the promo code SUMMERTIME. That's 20% off everything uh, non-AEW related. So, uh, and it starts, again, tomorrow, August 4th at noon Central, Central, Central Standard Time. I'm not even going to edit that out because... People should know that I'm not that good at saying noon central standard time. But Dave, speaking of like very much appreciated things though, I, I was very appreciative of a friend of the show, Jeremy Zaha, who, uh, er, who yesterday I got the pleasure of recording, uh, an episode of his podcast. What do you like? Uh, it's not available yet, but if you go ahead and look for it on uh, iTunes, Spotify, whatever you use to, you know, download your podcast, you'll find a wonderful, like, it's like a minute and a half, basically oh, like it's delightful oh it's so delightful yeah, it's like a teaser trailer it sounded so professional i was just like jeremy this sounds fucking awesome uh but i got to record with him yesterday uh i don't know i'll, I'll go ahead and talk tell you guys what it was about it was about digimon but it like i was telling dave for some it sounds like oh great this is just gonna fucking blow fucking digimon for an hour and a half not the case at all like it got very like deep and introspective and us talking about like our childhoods and, you know, like being an adult and like using whatever resources you have to, to kind of keep that alive, you know, to reinvigorate like your childhood loves because, you know, like a lot, not everyone was fortunate enough to uh, like have parents with money growing up, you know, some like, we were lower middle class so the toys i had i had and i you know it was birthday and christmas was when i got like new shit uh and that's the case with a lot of people and like Mm -hmm. kind of recanting stories of like oh now i'm an adult with my own you know income that i can just buy whatever i want and like a lot of that is just like yes i'm rebuying my childhood and a lot of nostalgia It's, it's it's a really good episode when it comes out i'll 
make sure to go ahead and plug it but yeah I, I got the chance to speak with him and i wanted to shout out another friend of the show actually uh vinny you know vinny from the cryptic closet one of the nicest people ever you know we love Vinny. love vinny like he's always been like a big brother to me like my first day at the shop it was just it was very much like just like oh hey we're friends now and it's like cool fantastic we're friends now uh jeremy put out jeremy listen jeremy's not a graphic designer by any means and he put out uh a simplistic logo for his upcoming podcast uh and i actually was gonna like come to you and be like hey like if you have time like you think like let's work like work on you know like if you have time well, like, i was going to too yeah like can you work on something because again jeremy is someone who like wouldn't necessarily reach out and be like hey can you right. help me out with this you know he's very much he's an independent person uh yeah and i, I walked by Vinny's desk and he's like yo check this out and it's this awesome design that he put together for him that was basically you know if jeremy's first concept was uh the bare bones this one was you know that times 10 and it was just like fully fleshed yeah, re- yeah i was like whoa i was like this looks awesome and jeremy loved it uh so again once you know once he starts putting that out and my episode drops and i know he wants to talk to dave once his episodes drop we will be sure yeah. to let you guys know because jeremy is he is the best of us and he's he, a precious resource exactly and, he, and his voice deserves to be heard and his podcast deserves to be heard and enjoyed and yeah listen we love cousin jeremy here at the pwt cast it, and also don't just take our word for it download that little preview and it's when I heard it, like cause he's like, "Hey, could you send us a stank?" And they haven't listened to it. It was it was magical. I can't say anything. It was beautiful. I was like, "This sounds like you've been doing this for years." Just in like a little bit and a half, it was beautiful. Myself and Matt Nix were like, "Man, this sounds better than anything we've ever collectively done." But I mean, yeah, I'm like, it's so good. So go ahead again. That's uh, what do you like podcast? Uh, wherever you find your podcasts, look it up. Jeremy Zaha, cousin Jeremy, he's wonderful, and we wish him the best in that. But speaking about yeah. things we love, um, I guess I have to bring this up because I I'm kind of out of the loop as far as what exactly it is. I keep seeing the wonderful Annie, happy belated birthday, Annie, uh, post about it. And I'm just like, what the fuck is a Eurovision? And why is Dave so obsessed with it? Because Annie won't stop posting about Dave being obsessed with it. Uh, so, Dave, to put you on the hot seat, what what is this Eurovision? Well, for, first of all, Eurovision is a, is a real thing. So it it's an international... Okay, so we have American Idol or America's Got Talent, let's say. Imagine that, but like almost every single country in the European Union participates. It, it, or it's kind of like the Olympics, where like they'll send one act with like an original song that they wrote. It's no covers, and then they compete against every country in the European Union, and then they, people vote in, and then like different countries are allowed to throw in votes, but they can't vote for their own country, so it's fair. And then the winners of the Euro Eurovision contest host the next year. So like if, uh, Moldova wins, then they could, they, you know, host the contest. It's kind of a big deal. Um, I think it's, I think they pull in like 180 million viewers. So it dwarfs the super bowl, but will Ferrell 
is also a huge fan of Eurovision. And then he made a Netflix movie about him and Rachel McAdams. They're a duo called Fire Saga. And they're from Iceland and they want to win the Eurovision contest. And listen, it's a Will Ferrell movie. So it's not like you're not watching Schindler's List or anything like Oscar worthy. And it's a Netflix movie and those are kind of hit and miss. So it is a little schmaltzy, but like the songs in it, like it's stuck in your head. I've just been listening to like Fire Saga songs on repeat. And anytime someone comes to the house or I'm talking to my brother, I'm just talking about Eurovision. And she's like, shut up already. Just stop talking about Eurovision. So um, if you get a chance and for, for those of you that have never heard of Eurovision, you've probably heard of the band ABBA. Mm-hmm. You know, they dancing you know, queen. Yeah. They got, they got popular because they won Eurovision. Really? <laughs> that's what gave them, that's what gave them their start. Yeah. So, um, and also if you are a fan of Eurovision, they pay a lot of tribute to past acts. And, um, there's lots of references to, uh, other bands that have competed. Some, some of them are references. Some of them are the actual people that have competed and won. And, uh, no, it's great. And it's not cynical. Like, I would compare it to Elf, like another Will Ferrell movie. Like you watch it and he could have played it where you're rolling your eyes at him, but like there's something genuinely sweet about the movie. It's that way with this movie too. So um, I can't, I've I've watched it four times this week. It's ridiculous. And I have no time to watch anything. Everyone's like, did you watch Umbrella Academy? I haven't watched a single episode. (laughs) God, I need to watch season two of Umbrella Academy. It, it, I loved see I loved season one of Umbrella Academy and it was great. Yeah, I just I never got around to to season two, but yeah, I mean I'm, I'm gonna have to carve out some time uh, this weekend. I mean, what's left of this weekend? Uh, but Dave, let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about a little bit about our interview this week. We were able to talk to one of the t-shirt designers that works, uh, you know, with <laughs> us, with friends of the show, Master Public, with Nerds Clothing, uh, dude's a hustler. Dudes out there hustling. Yeah. Uh, we're, of course, talking about Juan uh, of the Dead, Ortiz. Um, you guys have seen his work. Again, he's uh, go, go to his Instagram, and you'll see this yeah. the sheer number of designs. You're just like, oh, yeah, I have seen this. And it's wrong. Yeah, if, you're, if you're a fan of the show, you're clearly a fan of the shop, and you've definitely seen his stuff if you're a fan of ProWrestlingTees.com. He's yeah. been all over. So he's got a really distinct style and uh, we had a really mm-hmm. fun interview with him. You know, he uh, he talks about like taking his grandmother to Lucha shows. He talks about his toy <laughs> collecting. He talks about like just going out there and hustling, like how he uh, the, the way he approaches, like trying to design T-shirts for specific wrestlers, because that's a question we get asked all the time is how do I make a T-shirt for this person? How do I make a T-shirt for that person? And half the time, the answer that, that a lot of people don't even want to hear is. Just do it. You yeah, know? Just do it. Just do it, and the wrestlers are going to love it or hate it. You know, like I listen to put it into context. I have very minimal uh, graphic design. I took a Photoshop class once uh, out of high school, and that was it. Uh, when I still worked up front for Pro Wrestling Tees and Tommaso Ciampa uh, was still like, you know, pre WWE, I was just bored one day and designed a design for him and i was like hey Vinny, what does this look like you know he's like oh maybe just fix that and it was like very like a minute thing i was like all right and i remember tweeting it to him and uh at the time 
his wife was working with uh, Elisa uh, over at the shop. And I remember she emails me. She's like, hey, she's like, did you send this over to Tommaso Ciampa? I was like, yeah, why? She's like, oh, well, his wife was just asking if, like, this person does indeed work here, like, at Pro Wrestling Tees. And if they did, why didn't they just send it over to him directly? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I just it was just something I came up with and, like, tweeted it at him. And that was a T-shirt of his. And we sold a ton of them, you know? And, again... It was just something that I was like, hey, maybe he'll like this. Maybe it'll be cool. And sure enough, he did like it and wanted it on a T-shirt. And, you know, sometimes it's as simple as that, you know. And sometimes these designers, you know, they get to know you because they collaborate with you so much. And they might tell wrestler, you know, A, B, and C, like, hey, you should work with, you know, David Stankin. He's the best. But uh, it was a really fun interview that we got to do with him. Uh, so without any further ado, let's go, go ahead and get into this week's episode with Juan of the Dead, Ortiz. So Dave, uh, the, the, one of the positives with working at Pro Wrestling Tees is we get to see so much cool artwork come through our way. You know, we're privy yeah. to a lot of different artists giving us a lot of different artwork. Some we use, some we don't, but it's regardless, it's still pretty cool to see. You know, everyone has their very distinct style. Um, having worked there now for as long as we have, it's very much easy for me to design and be like, oh, so and so designed that one, or so and so designed this one. Uh, one of my favorite artists, actually, that we work with. Um, he's been he's been working with us for a while now. I know he's done work for Mask Republic as well. Uh, his his specific style like it's i don't know to me I, I like it like a lot of the shirts that we've done with him i know yeah yeah like i know some of it has even you know he's had the pleasure of having some of his artwork displayed in hot topic i believe uh but ladies and gentlemen with us today we have juan of the dead ortiz juan how you doing hi guys i'm doing all right how are you guys doing <laughs> good We're doing good, man. Good as can be, right, with uh, with the pandemic going on right now. But uh, what, right, kind of off the bat, I wanted to ask you about that. Um, like, design uh, a design that you did I, is being sold at Hot Topic. What's that like for you? Because I imagine when, uh, when you start designing stuff that you don't, you know, like, it's in your mind. You're like, oh, best case scenario. Um, I, I mean, you know, it gets, like, sold, like, in a major retailer like that. And it's kind of like uh, it's the white whale that everyone kind of chases. You know, it's kind of one of those things you cross off your bucket list to kind of brag about to your friends or even like family who's just like, oh, are you still doing that like funny uh, T-shirt thing? And you're like drawings. Yeah. Are you still doodling? Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, yeah, it's being fucking sold uh, worldwide, actually. (laughs) No, it's it's kind of crazy because I think like most people like I'm big into like punk rock and metal and stuff like that. So like growing up there wasn't anywhere to like buy that stuff. So you had to go to Hot Topic if you wanted, you know, a cool band shirt and stuff like that. So I grew up in Hot Topic. You know, I was the kid with, you know, all the wristbands with the studs, 3,000 belts on me, you know, those sweatbands for no reason. You know, (laughs) that that was just me all of junior high and high school. So like I was always there. So to like be able to go and see it, especially because the first shirt I had was the Kenny Omega one which it wasn't being sold at my Hot Topic in town. So I literally drove out about two hours into the Bay Area to go to the mall because I, I, I called around to just see where it was. And I, I, I checked there and because uh, we were going to a show anyway. So I'm like, oh, well, this is on the way. It was like an hour out of the way, actually. And uh, and just going in there and just kind of like talking to my girlfriend, like, hey, I made like, look at the like, look at this, like going from like my little corner in the living room where my desk is to like, 
inside of a store knowing that it's you know being distributed everywhere that was crazy but then uh when the jungle boy piece came out uh that one was crazy because i was actually in town and by that point we had our baby and so we just took a family trip to the mall real quick to kind of go see and just to kind of like stroll her in and kind of just show her like hey dad made this you know that that was, that was crazy that, that was probably the best one just because that was my hot topic you know that was the one i went to as a kid so being able to like go in there and then tell my friends oh hey yeah my shirts in there are like getting text messages from friends like oh hey i saw your shirt i'm like that that, that part's part of the best part yeah, it's it's got to be like I know Dave. You can probably relate to relate to that as well because you help design like the pro wrestling T logo, the AEW logo, and so you see your things on on something like that. But like when you're yeah. at when you're at when you're either watching wrestling or back when we were allowed to go to live shows, you know, you'd be at a live show and you kind of just look around and you see these designs that you know. I mean, with both of you guys that you helped create, and that's got to be like a sense of like I made it, you know, even if. Even if it's not like the highest selling shirt ever on, you know, whatever site that it's being sold on, like the fact that something you created came out of your head and like onto a t shirt, and now it's like the people love it. And the thing too with you, Juan, is like you mentioned, like you can very much see that influence of like, oh yeah, I was a hot topic kid because a lot of your designs, uh, like that influence is there. And that's kind of one of the fun things where, you know, if like, oh, you know, um, we need a specific shirt for this person, but with this person's character and like, uh, you know, not everyone, not everyone is well equipped to make a shirt that kind of speaks for them. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I, a lot of times I see people posting, um, like it's just an example, random example. Like I see a lot of people post things like orange Cassidy, this would be like a really cool orange Cassidy shirt, but you always have to like figure it's like, well, the orange Cassidy character yeah, would he wear that? Would he yeah, wear that? Exactly. You know, it's like he wouldn't wear that. But then, you know, it's like, oh, but that really cool Danhausen design, you know, Danhausen would wear that. It has to be spooky and, 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 and unique to, to, to his own like character. Exactly. And what's uh, so like what's kind of that when is it is it often wrestlers approach you with like, hey, I've seen your work, you know, I'm kind of thinking about something like this, that or the other. Would you, you know, would we be able to collab on this? Or is it often, you know, you're like, oh, fuck, I really like this wrestler. I'm just going to make this design and, you know, shoot it over to them. Maybe they like it. Like, what's that process like? Honestly, it's mostly that. Um, that's kind of actually how I got started with Pro Wrestling Tees. I was, uh, I started off as a, a band designer. I used to just work for metal bands for, like, about nine years. And I slowly got, like, introduced into wrestling designing by a, a buddy of mine. He um, he did designs um out in Minnesota, it's like all those territories over there. So he brought me in. So I started being able to use like my music designs for uh, style designing for for the wrestlers. So it kind of gave me a little like different approach because you know band designs, skulls, demons, you know all that kind of spook stuff, which is like right up my alley. Which I you know I just love drawing that stuff. So to and my favorite kind of wrestling characters are spookier characters. So being able to just kind of like see oh there there's a lot more wrestlers kind of using that spooky dark kind of kind of feel like oh that's perfect to draw for or you know oh these guys use a lot of skulls but they don't have any skull strip designs like i'm gonna draw a skull like because it's just my go-to thing like if i'm ever like you know down or anything like that like, i'm just gonna draw a skull you know like that makes me feel better you know so i've been able to just kind of do that and um a lot of times i'll just see a wrestler i'll see the way they look and just like i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm a doodle them so i'll just kind of sit down for a couple days 
especially like during like free time or my warm ups, and I'll just kind of start, you know, just kind of producing something, and you know, I'll never really tell them. I'll just kind of post it online, just kind of see how everyone kind of reacts to it, because you know, sometimes they'll catch it, sometimes you know, it really just kind of depends on the star. Because someone, you know, like the young bucks, you know, I'm sure they get tagged in a hundred pictures a day, you know, so. It has to be something, you know, that's really eye-popping to really be them. It's like, oh, look at that. And then, you know, kind of, like, like it and then, like, eventually, hopefully, you know, message me about it. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's kind of hit or miss, but, like, it's mostly just, I kind of think of just wanting to draw them before I even think of, like, oh, that they, they can use this for sure. It's just, like, I have this idea in my head and I kind of got to get it out. Do you remember well, the... I, oh, go ahead, Dave. Well, I kind of think that band style that, like, you're pretty well versed in is, is perfect for uh like a wrestling shirt now because like when you think of like when we were kids it was like there were some like really lousy shirts it would just be like stone cold with like half a snake coming off of him and it, it was all this weird shit you'd see at walmart but it was kind of like kid stuff right but now you're starting yeah. to see like seth rollins has dope shirts alistair black uh black craft as a whole does like really cool gnarly metal shirts I yeah, think exactly. like, like wrestlers now they don't like that corny stuff anymore. They they want something that looks like like a metal band shirt and it's always like a cool look and I think you've kind of really tapped into that very well, you know. Yeah, it just it's just kind of shirts that you would wear for everything. Like it doesn't have this it can be a wrestler shirt but they can pass off as just, you know, a really cool shirt design and it'll get people kind of excited, "Oh, what is that?" and then you talk to them, "Oh, it's a wrestler." and then it kind of, you know, kind of starts a conversation and person's like, oh, I'm going to go check that out. It's really cool, you know, instead of just kind of your bland wrestler shirt, you know, like I can think offhand, like maybe I had a handful of wrestling t-shirts from like the 90s and 2000s just because they were just kind of funky looking and I really designed for a shirt that, I, you know, I want to wear, you know, I'll I pick up a ton of shirts that just like, oh yeah, that totally fits what I'll take. But if it's just like, even if it's my favorite wrestler, but it's just a really bland design, I'm like, I think I'm gonna pass on it this time. Like as much as I love them, want to support them, it's just it doesn't fit me, you know. Yep. So well, how I'm often, trying to find how often has that happened? Like I know, speaking from experience myself, if I've I I've gone to plenty of concerts, uh, and I go over to the merch booth and I'm just like, all right, uh, you know, you kind of just like do that awkward. You walk like you walk up to the merch table, kind of look around, and then like you make eye contact with whoever's selling the merch it's the worst when it's the actual you know artists themselves selling the merch but you kind of look around and you're just like okay you know, <laughs> not, yeah you know nice to see you and you know it's it's not really their fault per se but um it is always i i feel like we're living in a time now where it's the easiest like sometimes i do see people with uh it, i kind of kind of compare it to like ring gear where it's like we're in a time now where there's so many people making ring gear that you should look as presentable as possible. And I kind of feel the same way with merchandise, like with some people, yeah. it's like, that's a thing you got to invest in because, uh, and again, this is me speaking as someone who's not a wrestler, but you know, if I see, if, if I see a wrestler and, Oh man, this guy looks cool. You know, he won me over in his match afterwards. If I go over to their table and they have just like shitty merchandise, um, I'll probably wind up doing that, you know, the polite just, oh, hey, just want to say, you know, a fun match or whatever. But if yeah, if you take exactly. the time like, to, you know, pay, uh, you know, first and foremost, pay your artists, like always, in, I, at least for me from the outside speaking in, you know, like I'm 
I feel very lucky in that uh, my partner in this endeavor of the podcast is the head designer of Pro Wrestling Tees, so I don't have to go out of my way to like find different people to do art because Dave's, you know, he's he's like Dr. Frankenstein just creating all these designs. Like, what do you think? Oh, yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah. But, <laughs> you know, like for, for other people who don't have that luxury, you know, it's like go get out of your comfort zone and, and find these different artists because, again, it's like investing in that, you know, as, as something as minute as it might seem it's if you have really cool merch people are going to want to buy it and especially you know during a time right now like with covid where not everyone's wrestling uh the one thing i do see especially working you know where we work at that a lot of wrestlers with like real cool looking merch they're the ones Mm -hmm. who are just putting out a new t-shirt you know every every two to three weeks and it's becoming a big seller and then you have some wrestlers who unfortunately have not been doing that and yeah, they kind of stick to the guns or they have this, you know, older mentality like, oh, well, I'll just kind of put my name on it so that it's just me, you know. And and sometimes it works, sometimes it, it does. It just kind of depends on the character. Like if they're playing like, a you know, a more throwback character, yeah, a more standard, straightforward T-shirt kind of works perfectly for them. But if they have some sort of character but they're not creating merchandise that kind of fits that, it, it's so kind of clunky to it, you know. Do you remember so, do you remember the first T-shirt you designed for us over at like at Pro Wrestling Tees? Like what the first design was that kind of got your foot in the door? It was the uh, Young Young Bucks Kenny Omega the Street Fighter uh, one, the mashup one where uh, Kenny Omega's uh, Akuma and the Young Bucks were Ken and Ryu. Um, oh, Street Fighter was that the one? Yeah, yeah, the the yeah the Elite Fighter. Um, that one I just uh, I had just gone in back in, into like indie wrestling at that point. I had uh, seen Cody wrestle in the Bay Area, and I designed him a piece uh, just like the day after I met him, because I just I was just like ah, I just met Cody Rhodes, holy crap! And uh, so I, I made him a piece, and it kind of he loved it, he picked it up, and it kind of gave me a little more confidence. Like okay, let me see these guys that he hangs out with. It's like they seem pretty cool. I've been hearing about them everywhere, you know, at, at that point. So I was like, let me see what they kind of like. So I started looking into it, started seeing how much can you make a love video games. I was like, okay, well, you know, they have this feel for them, so let me let me try something out. So I spent maybe the whole weekend just kind of working on this piece, you know, just kind of playing around with it, uh, sending it to a couple of friends like a, of mine, just kind of get critique, like, do you think this kind of works? Because I, I was watching videos of them, but I didn't know particularly that, who they were as people. So I just kind of started playing around with it, and then I just kind of posted it one night, and then the next day it, it blew up. And maybe a couple hours after being up, I got an email, an Instagram DM, and I think he found my fa- uh, Ryan found my Facebook and messaged me like, "Hey, it's a really cool design. Can I pick this up?" So, and then that's just kind of what got the ball rolling on that. Which I think that that's one of the thing, one of the questions that we get a lot. Uh, is often that like how do I get my foot in the door with pro wrestling tees? Like how do I get this design to, you know, wrestler A, wrestler B, or even just Ryan? Honestly, for the most part, like you heard it here, like post it. You know, if it gains yeah. traction, um, and yeah, the, that's and, that, all. and the wrestler wants to oh. do it, like it'll it you know it's half the time we get contacted with with the design. Yeah, exactly. That's how I've always kind of seen. It. That's why I love posting it first. I don't. I want to kind of surprise them, but I also want them to see what the fan reaction is. If you just send it straight to them, they're like, "Oh, that's kind of cool," and then they start thinking like, "Will it sell? Will people like it?" But then once you 
as just a general post and you see the comments and the things and tagging them like, hey, is this gonna be a shirt? Is this gonna be a shirt? You know, that's it kind of helps them like, okay, this can, you know, I can use this and this can kind of make some money for us. Well, I, I gotta say for 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 what I know of of Juan, he's always like I see a lot of wrestling artists uh, kind of complaining, and you'll see it sometimes on like our Pro Wrestling Tees Facebook page or our VIP group. Uh, every now and again, we'll just have like uh, a bunch of people saying, "Hey, how, how do I get my art to John Moxley?" or "Hey, what, what do you guys what do you guys think of this design?" And they're almost too scared to, you know tag the wrestler on it and post it mm-hmm. somewhere else. Um, but I will say out of all those wrestling designers that complain about not getting their stuff seen, somehow you, you, you're like hustle is crazy. Like if you ever, if you ever see Juan on Instagram, <laughs> he's posting designs, he's tagging people. And then not only that, but he, you know, for some of the, some of the more indie wrestlers that may not get a lot of recognition. He's always saying, Hey, I got slots open in the next week, get your stuff in. He's scheduling stuff. And like, you know, we always say part of the show as part of our show is like, just like, if you want to do something to make it happen. And I think you're like a really good example of that. You're, you're like, I'm an artist and I want people to buy my art. So the only way I could do that is make it and sell it to them. Right. I mean, that, yeah, exactly. It seems like and, common sense, but nobody gets it, you know, or a lot of people don't get it. I, I think what kind of helps is I've been doing this kind of forever. I'm 16. I just turned 30 in April, you know, and it's just kind of something you have to do. And over time, I think some new artists, they aren't patient enough. I think they want, you know, I just started drawing. I just started learning how to design. I'm a design for John Moxley. I'm going to design for yeah. And it, it, it's hard because... Not only is your art new, but they don't know you either. Like there's no there's no history with with the right. name of your design, so they don't know if they can trust you. They don't know if they can give you the money and they actually get the design. So you know what I love doing. I like working with the guys just coming up because you get to help them develop their character. You get to help you know yeah. them grow and stuff like that. You help them you know establish their name, and you kind of build you know uh, you build some history with them and. Yeah. Remember you, know, you. You, you. You gain trust, and yeah. I think that's kind of the biggest thing. And I think that's just what kind of helps, you know. I especially designing for bands, you just kind of have to just make something. Most bands don't have a specific identity, so you have to be able to just do, you know. Like if this band has a specific name, you're gonna have to on the spot just kind of think, okay, this this is what I think associates with them, and just kind of have to go with that. And um, yeah, I just don't think. I think artists now just kind of they get too too um, focused on can this sell rather than am I having fun or is this a good you know art good. piece yeah, yeah is this you know is this does will this match up all with the other shirts selling at Hot Topic or on Pro Wrestling's page or on a W Shop you know site you know is is it gonna work and um, yeah I, I just think it just comes with time that you kind of just learn like i'm just gonna draw like I, you yeah. stop worrying about everything else and just i'm just gonna draw them you know i don't know them but you know maybe they'll like it and you know i've had a ton of pieces rejected from a lot of bigger wrestlers and stuff like that. and it's i at this point i was like okay well it was a fun experience they at least thought of me you know when they asked so like okay no cool like 
I got to design for, you know, I had a, a Jericho piece, an Austin piece, you know, and they didn't pick it up, you know, because it wasn't specifically to their style, but hey, they thought of me. They got an email with my picture and like, how cool is that? That's not possible. I was like, oh, that's, I don't think, like, at least they at least they liked it, you know, so, well, you well, know. Let me ask you, as, a, as, an, as an artist that's been doing it for a while and, uh, you know, I feel like you're really hitting your stride now. I'm, I'm sure there was probably like leaner times, but like, as an artist, and, and not just a shirt artist, I guess this applies to all artists trying to make money as a living <laughs> doing this. Um, how hard was it for you to uh, ask for your value of your art? And, and what I mean, like a lot of a lot of artists are really scared to, especially with wrestling, to charge for their art. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they, people design for their favorite wrestler, and and I know I was like that for a while, where to me just them saying, yeah, I want that as a shirt was like reward enough. Wow. Oh, that I like, exactly. but I mean, you can't, you know, we're both, we both got daughters. You, you can't feed your kid off of, uh, of a handshake oh, through or an autograph. Yeah. yeah an attaboy. So, so did you, did you have a hard time getting to a point where you're like, you know, I can sell these designs and I'm going to ask what they're worth. And, and once you started doing that, did, did you ever have a problem with people maybe saying, I'm not willing to pay that? And then, you know, I think every every designer goes through that. I mean, did, have you had experience with that? Oh, definitely. Um, like I said, especially working with bands and stuff like that, it's mostly, you know, kids, teenagers, guys in their early 20s where, you know, this is their, this is the whole thing they do. So, you know, the money's not, not you know, really there. But I've always been, I'm super lax with payments, like that. not like the sense of like, it's super cheap, but I try to make it as affordable as possible. I know a lot of these wrestlers, especially the indie guys, this is their job. You know, this is their day in and day out. You know, they they pay to train, you know, and they wrestle every weekend, especially right now with the pandemic. It's a lot harder. But I always try to make it as affordable as humanly possible, with, but still being able to live pretty comfortably, you know, with, you know, our situation, you know. So, um, but no, I always try to just, every year I try to, like, for my work just a tiny little bit. Just, just to have the year that just finished as kind of the reason, like this is what I've been able to accomplish, you know. So I think it's justified to ask for just a little more. And you know, I want to make sure that the artwork, you know, is good. It has a good track record of selling well to justify a good price. But I'm always really lax with, oh hey, um, it's kind of rough right now. Can I give you this amount? And, you know, and nine times out of ten, if they're really cool about it. Yeah, sure, no problem. I'm, I'm always happy to help. Like, I just want to make art. Like, if we could do this for free and live pretty fine, I, I would be because I just want to draw basically all day. But, um, no, it's it's pretty okay. Um, most wrestlers are pretty understanding. I've gotten a couple like, oh, that much? Or, oh, I usually just kind of get them from fans. And, you know, I've had a conversation like that, and they're, a little awkward, but, um, you know, we always, I always try to at least work something out, you know, I always try, you know, Oh, well, if you want to pay in payments or if you want to pay a little now, and if you sell a couple of shirts, Hey, you know, I'm always cool with you know sending me a couple bucks, you know, but I'm always pretty lax with anything really, as long as, you know, they, as long as I get to draw, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. That also has to be like a little awkward for, um, for you when you have to like address, you know, to said wrestler, yeah. like, oh, sorry, man. Like, I don't, 
you know like i i, I need i need to eat which and again it's yeah. in in the in the world of wrestling there is a lot of that there is a lot of just like oh no i want to give this to you you know here have this please for free like it it fulfills me but uh that's definitely like admirable though to be able to be like well no sorry it's hard because you're also half of it's being starstruck by being able just talking to this yes. person the other one's like oh yeah <laughs> like, so, so temper that down to kind of you know play businessman for a second you know because a lot of us it's just us you know where where our finance department where hr where you know our social media department it's it's just us you know we you know you, sometimes you can mask it to look like a team but it's really just you on your phone just like ah you know i'm a generally a nervous kind of guy i'm not the best at talking with people so like especially when it comes down to like negotiation on price i am just sweating bullets the entire time i'm a i am a pretty nervous okay game face game face game face nope it's actually this price but guy you know just trying to you know be cool with them but at the same time like uh, you know this is my business yeah, I, I, as a, like as a wrestling designer, I can I can totally relate because there's times at, you know as an employee of pro wrestling tees where I've had like surreal phone calls. Like I think like my first week working, Ryan was like, "Hey, do you want to talk to Eric Bischoff?" And I was like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> and then I would, oh, and I'm just having like a normal conversation with Eric Bischoff on the phone, and in my head, I'm like, "This is the or like Stone Cold." One time I, I had to have a call with Stone Cold and he was sitting there petting his dog and I could hear his wife making dinner in the background. I was like, this is so trippy. And it, it really is hard, especially like once you get to, I'd say like the levels where like, you know, you or I are at where we get to talk to some of the bigger names, um, you know, based off of the work we've done. it We're still fans, you know, when it comes down to it. So when, when you talk oh, to yeah. a legend or someone that's on, you know, featured on TV regularly and and I know because I, you know, we're friends on Facebook. I've seen you post when, whenever a design that you have shows up on TV as as part of the show. So, for instance, like uh, you did the Spanish God design for uh, Sammy Guevara, and then all of a sudden it, it's his Titantron <laughs> entrance. It's the coolest thing, you know. And and like I think that's kind of one of the weird side benefits of being a wrestling fan and then designing for wrestlers, you know. I still will pull my phone out, take like a thousand pictures of it on screen, like, and just, just to have it, just like it's on TV still. Like they love it that much. They wanted to use it, not just for a t-shirt. Cause I also, the entrance for jungle boy, uh, his logo mm-hmm. he has on there. I, I made that one too. And I just get so excited every time it just kind of pops up or if maybe they're backstage and they're wearing the t-shirt. So I'm like, Oh, Hey, Hey babe, look, look, it's, it's the shirt. And she's like, Oh yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's totally cool. Hun. And then kind of, go back to doing anything else, you know, so I still all the time, you know, I treat it like it's day one. I still get super excited. You know, I, I, I'm still at the point where it's not a job, you know, this is just, it's just having fun, you know, and Lucky. making, you know, a living off. It's just kind of the cherry on top of it, but it, it's just, I'm having a blast just kind of drawing and seeing it, you know, places. So aside from working with Pro Wrestling Tees, another company that we're very familiar with is uh, Mass Republic, and and you do stuff with them as well. Uh, how did that come oh, yeah. about? Um, I think Kevin followed me on Instagram randomly, and he he lives in the Bay Area, so I I've I've caught him a couple times at like the Lucha events here in town, and he would come up to me and talk to me, and it just 
just kind of started and he would he started emailing me hey can you with so and so do you want to work on like of course i do like i love lucha libre so like being able to work with any of them is just kind of you know a blast but it just kind of came from just conversation i like i said i'm, I'm a pretty awkward guy so i kind of sit in the in the back of the arenas events with, with the misses and stuff like that so whenever i get people coming up to me i'm like oh no what did i do like and he just kind of started chatting and we you know we just kind of hit it off but no it uh and just just working with him and uh it's been awesome because he has just so much on his plate and the fact that he gets it done so efficiently is, is insane you know working the jobs he has all the little side projects you know having a family it's it's inspiring honestly like i i him because he's one of those guys where you're not just gonna have you know your random conversation you're gonna you're gonna get deep in a conversation with him and that's what's super fun about it just because he's just as passionate about everything he does and he, he gives a hundred percent for everything so just being able to work with him like that has, has been awesome you know he's definitely a hustler like that like when we interviewed him that was one of the things that, like, afterwards, it was just a lot of, like, man. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of stuff. This guy, yeah, he always yeah. has a plate spinning. And you very much see people, you know, like, people like him, people like Ryan, who it's it's never just like, ah, okay, I did this, and now that's that. No, it's a, there's no complacency. Oh, it's always, yeah. and like Dave mentioned it earlier, you know, you got that hustle mentality. You know, it's, and that's something coming from like me and Dave that like we admire whenever we have friends that we see are constantly just doing, you know, do they do one thing then immediately move on to the next. And it's like, not even necessarily like, Oh, I don't get to, to take all of this in. It's like, Hey, that was cool, but I'm not, I'm not done. You know, like it's not, I'm not, I'm not a, a one hit yeah, wonder exactly. because it, like Dave mentioned, like if, if anyone's, if anyone's not following you on Instagram and we'll give your Instagram at the end of this, people can follow you. Oh. Like, constant constant that just constantly check out this design check out that design and like that that's got to be like overwhelming for like wrestlers i think to be like holy shit like this guy's this guy's making all these like really cool designs and like you know i'm like i didn't even ask him to i always gotta think that's like a real cool thing coming from wrestlers um a lot. I, I know you've done a lot of designs for these two guys specifically, and you mentioned that you're a big fan of Lucha Libre. But what's it like, like working with Pentagon and Phoenix? Because to me, cool. Like I've I've met them personally, you know, like uh, uh, before shows and yeah. stuff, and they're the nicest people ever. Uh, oh. Pe Pentagon without the makeup and mask, you're almost just like, wait, you're Pentagon? What the fuck? Uh, but yeah. what's it, what's it like working with those like, two guys? You don't look don't have a small face on 24 7 like wait what is this <laughs> yeah even more so like at least ray phoenix without his mask resembles ray phoenix a little bit more but with pentagon you're just like oh yeah you're not this like uh weird demon ninja all the time demon. yeah exactly no i love working with those guys i first found out about them like most people like from lucha underground and i actually would watch that with my grandma so my grandma is actually a gigantic pentagon fan she loves his look. She loves the, the his spookiness. Like I took like for her 80th birthday, I took her to an event that had Pentagon on there, and she still talks to it this day. Like it was like three years ago that I took her to the event, and she still talks about him. Like oh, he was cussing in Spanish to the ref, to his opponent. You know, just my grandma's a really proper lady. So when she would actually say the cuss word, she like you know like there'd be no one else in the room, and she'd whisper it just you know, just <laughs> in case you know because she didn't want to be improper. You know, but no, I I love just their looks. It's just perfect. Just 
what they've done to kind of reignite Lucha Libre. You know, it hasn't been as huge as it has been since, you know, WCW or, you know, guys like Rey Mysterio, you know, they've been able to at least keep it, you know, alive here in the States. You know, you, you get wrestlers here and there, but these guys kind of really, you know, brought it all back. You know, I think when you think of, you know, popular luchadors, you know, at, at the height of it, you know, they have to be in the conversation too. You know, not just literally but tag team wrestling too. Oh yeah, I've, I've said it. Yeah. I, I say it all the time. One the like the best independent match I've ever seen was Pentagon versus Chris Hero here, like here in Chicago. Like I remember, and that was because I had seen clips of of Pentagon. Uh, this was like right around like uh, Lucha Underground time, and I just I. I I, just, I wasn't watching, you know, I wasn't watching Lucha Underground, but I had constantly hear about how good it was, and finally getting the chance to see Pentagon live, I was like, all right, let's see what this is, and then him and Chris Hero fucking tore the house down. Like, I get that's oh, yeah. that's one of those matches where like I'll go back and rewatch. Very similar, you know. We all have those like wrestling matches where every now and then you're like, you know what? I have 20 minutes to kill. Let me, you know, let me put this on. But after that, following him and then seeing hit, you know, Ray Phoenix on the card as well, and seeing them both, and it was just like, holy shit! Like, you know, these guys are awesome. And there, oh, and there yeah. was like a lull period for a while where, as far as like American, like in, Amer- in American wrestling, like Lucha kind of seemed like it was just like it wasn't as big as it had been in the past. You know, like Ray Mysterio, yeah. Ray Mysterio yeah. was kind of away in Mexico doing his own things, and with WWE, it was. It would be not not really well, the case let, anymore. We finally replaced him Rey Mysterio, and if it didn't work, uh, we'll just kind of shuffle him down to do you know the the network shows. Exactly. You know, so there wasn't really much lucha representation, or if they got a luchador, they'd automatically unmask them, remove yeah. all the lucha you know style to them, and just kind of throw them out. They're like, oh wait, he's not working, but it's because well, you put like ten thousand pounds of chains on him. You know, he he can't do what you guys hired him for, you know, and it's to be that flashy luchador, you know, which I love, you know, like watching a luchador match, just watching like all the crazy stuff they do. It's the best. Like, that's what I want. I want just this hard hitting act. minutes. you know, wrestles are cool and all, but you know, if they have them, you know, in this devastating, you know, headlock, but for the rest of the time, I want to see how many flips they can do, or I want to see, you know, how far down Aerostar is going to jump off of something, you know, that's what i want i think the the cooler thing now especially with wrestlers coming up is that there's there's a lot of there's a lot of like wrestlers who are influenced by uh wcw and ecw by those cruiserweights that came in you know most of them were luchadors and so you have you have like a mustafa ali who's who's not your traditional lucha guy but you see him go in there with uh you know with with smaller guys his size and he can go he can do a lot of the lucha stuff amazing to watch yeah you you see him live and like you see that lucha influence, I, I think that's one of those cool things because it's not it's not just like a niche anymore, you know. You have a lot of people on on the main cards doing stuff that ten years ago. It would, oh no, 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 that's just that's just a lucha thing. But you can see that style mm-hmm. very much. It can main event. You had Eddie Guerrero doing lucha stuff. You have Rey Mysterio doing lucha stuff. Um, but you you kind of mentioned yeah, on, on your matches now. You'll see, you know, oh, they just did a tope suicida. You know, they're they're in, they're putting in more moves and and your more matches that of guys that you didn't really think was going to be able to move like that. Like they're influencing even down to like just tiny little things. 
to this day when or I see, when I see Samoa Joe do that fucking suicide, I'm just like, oh my god! Like he's so for someone his size and just to hit it perfectly, I'm just like Jesus. Um, like I could not do that. I might be the same size. I'm like I always flipping like that. I takes me two times to get off the couch. You know, like that's insane. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned your grandmother and uh, taking her to wrestling shows. Uh, is was your grandmother your way into wrestling? I, I always that's always kind of one of my interesting questions. Like, what is it that got you into wrestling? For me, it was more of like the, the darker characters. Like, I've always been an Undertaker fan. I've always been a Mick Foley fan. Like, me and my grandma have this thing where we love watching monster movies and horror movies and stuff like. That. She just finds them insanely ridiculous and that's what kind of makes them fun because they're to the core they're just silly you know like a killer you know doll or a guy with a hockey mask running around places like it's it's weird but it's it's fun and so i've always kind of gravitated toward more of that kind of spooky stuff so to see these guys you know have these dark kind of styles but yet be some of the biggest uh wrestlers on their companies like that was really like that was big for me as a kid because I didn't have a lot of friends who liked that kind of stuff. So it was kind of like those guys were my heroes because they can still love this stuff and still be relatively like by the masses, you know, like everyone loved them. So, and just to see like good guys win and bad guys lose, you know, with the way things are in real life, it's not always like that. So to actually see, you know, the bad guy get their come up and, you know, it's the best, you know, that's what you hope for, you know, oh, they lost this fight, but you know what? They'll get them next time. And that's just kind of what got me into it. And my grandma was always right there, super supportive. You know, she loved watching wrestling. She's one of, those one, she's one of the people who they know it's not real, but, or predetermined, but they still enjoy, or, you know, they, she'll always say, you know, you can't fake falling down. Like, it, it's going to hurt no matter what, you know, but she loves just, been just watching and just the funness, just the fun of it. Like our favorite match to watch is um, Mankind and Undertaker and Hell in a Cell. We can watch it a hundred times and still every spot she'll she'll gasp like, is he okay? Is he hurt? You know, every single time. So it's it's fun. Like she's always been right there watching me, no matter how silly, ridiculous. Like I try not to watch the gorier fights because you know I know she's not gonna like that, and I, I'm not a huge fan of like death matches and stuff like that. I, I respect it but it's just seeing the blood and stuff like that just gives me like chills but you know we've always just kind of enjoyed it so she's always been kind of helpful to kind of embrace more of that but um it was mostly just friends that kind of got me into wrestling my best friends were huge wf fans because i never really watched wcw growing up as a kid i'd hear about it and i'd watch tapes with friends and that's kind of how i would watch a lot of it but i was all all attitude era so you know, we would just kind of grow up watching that and just having fun with it, you know, just, you know, pretending you're DX or Stone Cold or The Undertaker, you know, just kind of doing the, the crotch chops and, you know, pretending you're flipping each other off because you couldn't do it because if your parents saw you get in trouble, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> do, you re- do you remember, like, as a kid, the first piece of wrestling merchandise you own, you know, be it like a T-shirt, video game, a toy, anything like that? I did, mostly because I've been looking for it again. It was a um, San Francisco toy maker, uh, Rey Mysterio. It was like, had like a button on his, like a big red button on his back. And it would, do, it would just kind of kick up. It was like a super kick action. I think that was because my two best toy on my birthday 
So it was, I had two of them. So I kept one box and I kept one empty. So I would just, I'd play with that thing forever. Cause I think I only had that Rey Mysterio and this random big show figure where he was in, he was like in a polo shirt and pants. So it was really weird. Cause playing as a kid, I'm like, him being in normal clothes or Rey Mysterio's in his Lucha outfit, like whatever, it's, it's fine. You know, but the, that was kind of the first piece for me. And I had that thing forever. I had the box figure up until I got that in 98. So I think I traded it in like 2002. I think I sold it for like a buy. But no, I kept that thing forever. And I've been trying to look for it back. It is extremely, extremely expensive. So I, I'm just going to keep the memories of it. It's cheaper. It's always one of those funner things now. Like as an adult being able to rebuy those things from your childhood. Like, uh, like I'm in our, I'm in our recording studio office right now and full of memories. <laughs> yeah. Full of memories. Like the, the amount of just random things I have that I'm just like, I saw on eBay and was like, hey, you know what? My mom didn't buy me that. I should just go ahead and buy it. <laughs> and it's, you know, it starts, oh, out, am, it's, it starts out slowly, but surely. I'm extremely guilty of that. Yeah. It starts yeah, out like one or two no, things. I, have, I, I have a gigantic Power Ranger collection, like original Power Rangers. I have almost everything that they made for the series. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, no, it's bad. Because I only had maybe the Fliphead figures. And I remember my brother taking him, like, him and his friends, like, breaking them, like, putting them in their bicycle and, like, running them over and, like, chopping those little heads off. So, like, that's all the toys I had. But growing up, I was like, I love Power Ranger toys. I'm like, oh, how much is this toy? That's actually pretty affordable. And then two years Years later, my entire office is just completely packed with Power Ranger figures. It. it was a blast. It, they're all in, in boxes now because my office turned into my girl's room. So we had to trade in my toys for her toys. <laughs> but yeah, they're all they're all in boxes, and I kind of I pass by them. Soon, soon you'll be on display in your all your glory again. But I, 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 gonna, I think it's safer keeping the, the crates right now. Are, are you collecting the What's new? Uh, are you collecting the new Hasbro Lightning Collection Power Ranger stuff? No, only because I won't have the control to stop. Because I get once I get into, into toy collecting, I am I, I won't stop. I'll, I'll sit there all day on eBay, just kind of like, oh, I don't have that one. Oh, yeah. That one. Because I used to. Uh, I used to work in the Bay Area. I used to work for Apple, and like I would commute every day. So I had the time to spend just sitting on eBay, looking up stuff, you know, just buying things left and right. And that that like year span, that's kind of where the majority of my collection came from, just because I was just on the road and didn't have much else to do. So I'll look on eBay listing, see what see what's good. On you know, and it kind of it snowballed. I think lately I've been picking up a. We got really back into Digimon, so I'm picking up all the old uh, figures from that series. And because they didn't make a whole ton of them in the States, they are extremely, extremely Dude, expensive. I, I, I bought I, a Digivice. Uh, I am in that it, exact same boat right now. Cool. I, literally, as you say Digivice, I have my AirPod case, which is uh, the Digivice. But I'm, I'm in the exact same boat right now where they didn't. They, they just didn't make a lot of toys. Like It was a successful franchise, but for some oh, reason yeah. they, they just didn't make a bunch of toys so i've had to same thing go on ebay and look up like oh what can i buy and it's it's i i, I mean at least speaking from my experience i don't know what it's like for you it falls in those digimon toys fall into two categories one like 
shitty, poorly made, like, oh, you know, the kind of toys that you're just like, sure, that kind of looks like Garuruman, maybe. Or, like, very expensive Japanese, yeah. like, high, like, resin statues and shit, where, like, it, it's one or the it's one or the other. There's no, like, middle in between. There's maybe, you know, you can find, like, a Funko Pop. Um, but I've, I'm literally the exact same way. It's funny that you say that, because I've, I've been on a Digimon kick recently, and I've been the exact same way, where I've been Googling, like, uh, or one of my buddies, one of our friends over at the shop, Paul, he's he's a, a toy collector, so I'll, I'll tell him, be like, hey, man, if you know if, if any of these shops, like, get in uh, uh, anything Digimon, like, let me know. Have, have them let you know, and I'll figure it out. I, I do regret it, though. It's funny yeah. that you mentioned Power Rangers, because um, there was a, a vintage toy shop, like, two apartments ago from where I lived, so it would have been two years ago now, and I met my, that same buddy, Paul. He would just go to them all the time, and I would tell him, like, hey, there's a little hole in the wall. Like, I don't know if you want to go one day. So I take him over there, and immediately I go to the Megazords. And there's the uh, – do you remember the Power Rangers? Which one was the uh, – in space? It was, like, the third season. Oh, yeah. So yeah. They, they, they had what that, like the, – uh, it was the one that – the last one yeah, that they, they had Zordon in where it has, like, that blue Megazord – it was like the spaceship. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I, I, I remember because my best friend had it and I just kind of remember opening it like to turn into the transformer and just like, it just felt so cool kind of turning it into the Megazord itself. And dude, I wanted that. It was, it was essentially like a giant like, transformer. I wanted that so badly. Like I remember asking my parents for it all the time and instead they got me like, uh, it was it was like a smaller it was like the size of like an action figure of that megazord that was already put together so i couldn't like take it apart and oh, put yeah. it together myself but so like we walk into the shop and that's there i'm immediately i'm just like i'll take that i want that not even asking like a price or anything and paul's like too chill like ask him how much it costs i'm like oh yes like how much is it like knowing knowing damn well whatever this guy fucking says it's I'm gonna, uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna pay for it. <laughs> but it was like I was able to pick that up, and then there was like a really cool Goldar figure from you know Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Because even like as a kid, I was like, dude, this guy looks freaky as fuck. Like he's just this weird right. like Sphinx Griffin kind of thing. But I, I because you mentioned Digimon toys, I remember they had like a War Greymon. It was a toy I'd never seen it, and I was just like, ah, I don't really need that right now. I, I regret it almost every day. Every time I'm on eBay looking for Digimon toys, I see it and I'm just like, oh, I was like, why didn't I get it then? Because yeah. the guy was like, yeah, if you want it, I'll give it to you for like 20 bucks. And I was like, nah, it's okay. I don't need it. Oh, and that's such a steal now. <laughs> I Just in this last month, I bought a Ties Digivice. I bought a Metal Greymon figure, the Digivolving one, and I bought a Black War Greymon. And the amount that I paid them for, I... Every time I bought one, I'd be just, like, overcome with, with buyer's guilt. So I'd be like, okay, I'm going to make myself feel good. I'm going to buy the baby something. Because, like, because I, I, I had a spy. I'm like, that could have could, been a baby toy. That could have been a bouncer. So I'm like, like, for my birthday, I bought a Digivice for a very expensive price. So the second I bought him, like, I, I looked over to my to my girlfriend. I'm like, what does the baby need right now? She's like, well, we kind of need a bouncer. I'm like, bouncer but okay conscience is clear like i'm very much the same way with with my nephews like i will constantly just like oh man like like i so so with putting the office together like last night um i'm i'm like very uh like ptsd as well where i'm just like 
all this has to this all has to look good you know i'm like if there's six Funko Pops in this specific shelf, there has to be six on that one. So I was just like up. I'm like, oh, okay. Like just buying Pops that I've been putting off because I'm just like, oh, I got to complete the set. I got to complete the set. But, all you yeah. know, in feeling like that, like this morning when I was out doing groceries, I was just like, I'm just going to buy like some clothes for my nephew because it, it, there is that sense of that. And like with me, I know it's always because uh, like growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. So, you know, yeah. I was just like, mom, can I exactly. have it would be like, mom, can I have this? She'd be like, if it's not on sale, no. And I'd be like, oh, like to this day, I, we were talking about it earlier too, at, like at lunch where like, I had this like weird, like guilt where if I, if I don't, if I buy something and it's full price, I'm just like, oh, I'm like, don't do it. Just like, even though I have the money, I'm just like, don't do it. Wait till it's on sale. Your mom, your mom wouldn't let you buy this thing full price now, would she? But you know, it's nice to be able to like have your own disposable income now and be able to do that. Um, oh, okay. Oh god, man! We're gonna have. I'm extremely lucky that that my girlfriend is completely cool with it. You know, I, I've done the things where like I bought it for this price, but I'm gonna say I bought it for this price. But you know, and she's always like, as long as you have, if you have the money and you really want it, just buy it. You don't have to. You don't ever have to explain anything to me. I'm like, I am way, way too lucky. I, I'm so lucky to have you because I, I know a lot of people with collections and they are, their spouses are not fans of it. But, you know, my girlfriend's always been like, if if everything's paid and, and we're fine, you know, buy your toy. Like, it's literally just buy your toy. Like, it, it's fine. And, you know, I buy them, I'll put them on my desk and I'll be cool. Well, and Dave, I'll, I'll just, you know, them. Dave, your wife is similar in that as well to where, like, if you – if you see all the, the collection of toy of toys that Dave has either at his like home office or his work office, you can tell like, oh man, this this person very much like loves he unapologetically loves the things that he loves. And like sometimes Dave will be like, Oh man, I saw this thing, I'm gonna buy it. And it's it, it always makes me laugh where you're just like like I just I gotta ease Annie into it because like like Dave recently, there was like uh this like shredder mask that he wanted, and you're just like you're like I'm gonna get it, and then he's like No, you're not, and then it was like a few days later where you're just like I got the shredder mask. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's it's from the original Turtles movie. It's the whole shredder helmet with the mask and everything. I was like, oh. And I I, 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 I have a more let me buy Wolverine. I, I completely get it. It's like. The second the Power Ranger helmet went on sale, like I, I oh, ran to the store <laughs> and took the buy. And like, uh, the second I got the second I got home, I, I put that thing. I'm just kind of sad. But like, yep, this is right. This is awesome. I go just kind of stare at me like, as long as you're happy, you know, pat me on the on the helmet and kind of you know walk away. Like, I'm gonna go be an adult now. <laughs> yep. No, my 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 desk at work is just completely filled with toys like most of the i work with four of the guys and they're kind of they're manly men you know they build cars they they go to rodeos they do cool stuff like that and i'm like oh no i i watch animes all day and i collect toys so like we're complete opposites but i have my desk i have my dragon ball z sketches like plaster all over the walls i have funko pops i have all my digimon toys are at work i have way too much experience expensive toys at, at work right now and i'm always like please do not touch my desk like i have everything you know positioned in the exact in the poses i wanted you know please don't touch any of these like like look enjoy, enjoy the like look, enjoy them from afar 
because I've had a couple of my Gundam model kits like fall and break because they're like, oh, I had to grab something from your desk. I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> like you don't know how long it took to find that one. That, that one's a heartbreaking day. Yeah. yeah. But no, it, it's nice to like, be somewhere where they actually, you know, understand and enjoy just as much as you do. Because I've had people come in like, oh, that's kind of, it's a little nerdy. Like, yep. It is like I've had guys come in like, oh, my son loves that, and like he's like, I don't get it. I'm like, well, your son sounds pretty cool. Like if they like this kind of stuff, because yeah, I usually have like stuff like, I with like I super obscure toys and stuff like that. Yeah, you're like, man, your, like, son, I, your son sounds cool I, as fuck. I don't know if you remember, like I have like Zoids, I have Metabots, I have just like old old school stuff. I have uh, um, Ultraman figures. Like I have just kind of a little bit of everything. Like anything that I watched as a kid, it, it's there. I have some of the old Bandai, like, Dragon Ball GT figures from Japan, like, hanging out there. And just, if I can fit it, if I can find just a little empty spot, I will I will find a toilet, sit there. Uh, Juan, as we sort of wind down here, uh, one, one last thing I wanted to touch on before we let you go was, um, you know, you mentioned doing all, all sorts of designs for stuff. I think one of the coolest things that you've, you know, been lucky to, to collab on are the Nerds Jackets. Uh Kind of, kind of tell us about that and how it came to be because, like, to have your design on a T-shirt, that's one thing. That's cool, you know, because everyone gets to see it and stuff. But to have your design be on a jacket that people are gonna like wear out onto the streets and you know, it's more, it's more noticeable than you know, just like a wrestling, a regular wrestling T-shirt. Uh, like, how was that experience for you? That that's been insane. Just because I. I just like just recently the last few years found out like really embrace like new japan so, and i've become completely obsessed with that with that promotion just the characters the the matches and everything so to be able to design with nerds to let have nerds nerds let me be able to design for like these wrestlers has been insane um especially i my favorite wrestler is evil mostly because he's a dark spooky character you know so it kind of i have i guess a tie in wrestling you know so to be able to that one's probably my most favorite piece but just we had been following each other for a while because i had seen his stuff with wwe like his um he has pieces that kind of look the little there's a monkey i remember like this japanese kind of monkey that is a shirt i think it's bape i think it's, it's the brand like that kind of style and he has these wwe designs that have that so i started like who made these like because it's a whole series I got to see who made him. And I, and I found him and I'd followed him for a while. And he had made, made a jacket for TJP. And it just so happened to be one of the designs I made him for a separate company. And I saw it and I was like, oh, that's super cool. I made that. You know, not, not really in the sense that like for, uh, for them to notice, but just like, oh, crap, that's crazy. You know, like I never thought I'd see that on a jacket. You know, I had seen him make them into shirts, but as a jacket, like, that's awesome. Especially the way he kind of designs them with the sleeves and everything like that. And one thing left after another, and he was like, hey, do you want to make some stuff? And I'm like, yes, please. Like, like those, it's one of those times where I'm like, I had to put my phone down, you know, fanboy for a second, pick it back up and be professional again. You know, like, no, yes, I would very much enjoy to, you know, work on that for you. And just be able to, like, produce the ones we've been able to, because he honestly, he gives me the wrestler, he's like, you know, have at it, you know, it gives me complete free reign and we'll just kind of go back and forth on what works, talking to the wrestler and just, you know, especially for the new Japan ones. Like I, 
honestly never thought I'd have anything for Nutrient because they seem like such a hard company to get in, in, in with. So to be able to have just a couple with them is just, it, it's, it, it, t- it t- checks off the bucket list. Is there a favorite one of those that you've designed that's, you know, that you uh, hold closest to you? I want to say it's the Evil Sonata one, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because I never thought I'd, I'd get an LIJ jacket, especially because it has the LIJ on the chest. You know, even though he's portrayed all of us and broke all our hearts, you know, it, it still <laughs> has to be my favorite. I'll, I'll still forgive him for this. At least, <laughs> at least I got a jacket before he, he turns back on us. Uh, so last question before we go, uh, who is, who is your uh, dream person to like collab on a t-shirt with? Like if you could a hundred percent, this person is, you know, you can design a t-shirt for them and they're going to go ahead and, and go through with it. Who would it be? It has to be the undertaker. Like, undertaker. Okay. Like hundred percent. the undertaker. Like he's my absolute favorite wrestler. Of all. I even have like, I have an undertaker tattoo on arm. I got it when I thought he was going to retire the first time. Uh, so he's kind of diminished, you know, it a few matches he's had, but, you know, he's always been my favorite guy in the world. Like I grew up with, you know, ministry of darkness undertaker. So he, him at his complete like spookiness, I guess is the, is the best way to explain. So just that I've always been just amazed by just his character, his look, everything, you know, the American badass phase wasn't my favorite time of the undertaker, but I still appreciate it because I knew, you know, who the undertaker was at that point, but him a hundred percent would be an absolute dream come true. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine have, getting the chance to work with him would be insane. And I mean, with, with, with how weird and crazy, you know, like times are, I hope that out of all this like strange randomness that that at some point down the line gets to, gets to happen, that collab. Uh, but Juan, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to speak with us. Where can people find you online? They can find me on Instagram at uh, of the dead two zero nine. Uh, same on Twitter and on Facebook at of facebook.com slash of the dead designs. Sweet. Well, uh, you know, like we mentioned, it was a pleasure talking to you and man, I, I got to go and start eBaying some more Digibon stuff. Cause you, you're, yeah, you're pushing. Yeah. You should see that. Like I, my eyes lit up when you said that, because I, again, as you know, as we're speaking, I'm literally like on, on the table over here is by AirPod case, which is a Digivice itself. But, uh, thank you so much, Juan. And we look forward to speaking to you again. No, thank you guys. Thank you again to Juan for that interview. Um, I, I love the fact that like his, if he tells the story, he's like his grandmother, like swearing, but like looking around and then like whispering it, like that's such like a grandma thing to do. Yeah. And oh dude, how, how hard I popped. Like you should have seen my eyes when he was just like, yeah, did you mind? I was like, huh? As soon as he said Digimon, I was like, oh, here we go. Like, oh, Digimon. Listen, to be completely transparent with you guys, uh, one of the one of the side projects that I'm working on is something Digimon related. Uh, whether or not it will be connected to this feed or its own individual thing, I haven't made up my mind, you know. But it's the, the concept behind it. I think it's it's something that once you know, once people start to get the hang of it, everyone will get behind. Especially with like a Dave, I've told you the concept. I think like Frank would have to be guest number one, you know. Like oh, yeah. being very cryptic, Frank would definitely be the person to get on for that just for the sheer like, what the fuck are you talking about of it all? <laughs> um, but I, uh, another quick little story I forgot to mention up front. 
I, I, I brought it up how, you know, I was putting these Funko boxes and these pops up in, in the studio. Uh, I was informed yesterday that I guess Barnes & Noble is done with Funko Pop. Like, they're no longer putting them out or selling them, whatever the case may be. Uh, if you go to your local Barnes & Noble, they've got a 2 for $10 sale going on of like all regular Funko Pops. So I figured, I was like, hey, there's one right over here by me. Let me check it out. Uh, Stop by and I was able to purchase uh, a Venomized Ultron uh, along Whoa. with uh, Doctor Doom. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. And I'm like driving home afterwards and I was like, oh, you know what? There's a, there's another Barnes & Noble's up in, up in Skokie. Uh, I need to go that way anyway. Let me go check that one out. So I go there, and uh, I picked up. I mentioned the show The Leftovers and how much I love it. Mm-hmm. Not aware they even made The Leftovers Funko Pops, but uh, in this box, you could definitely tell I'd been sitting there for a while. It was like a little old and beat up. I was able to pick up uh, the character of Matt. If any of you are familiar with the show, I was able to pick up Matt and Scarlet Witch, and that I slowly. What I'm saying is I was just making my way around to different i was at old orchard i was in vernon hills i was like near mundelein i was all over the place i was all over the services driving around and the funny part was the first three it was like the first three or four barnes and nobles i kept seeing the same woman like we were both very much on the same track and like was she weirded out by seeing you uh like i i don't think i don't i definitely saw her I don't know if she recognized me or had seen me, but I definitely recognized her. And it wasn't until like the last time where she was, uh, where was it? Um, it was some fucking suburb that we were in. Again, I was literally just going everywhere. Um, like I didn't want to drive up to Wisconsin, but like that was that close. Like I was, again, I was out by like Mundelein, Illinois, wherever the fuck that is. But she definitely wrecked. She definitely recognized me the last time or at least was kind of just like wait have i fucking seen that guy but every time i would like walk in i'm I'm, like browsing looking around i would inevitably see her lady with the with the navy blue shirt and the jeans and the sunglasses on her head every time and like every time she had pops but uh a lot of these didn't have good pops like um you know it's kind of like i I mentioned on the show where i was just like okay now i have to start buying all these ones that i was kind of putting off but yeah, it was it was a lot of like random shit that I bought. Really, not a lot for me. It was some for like my nephews as well because, yeah. um, you know, again, I, I feel so guilty buying all the shit for me that I'm like, well, I better start buying stuff for other people that isn't just me. Well, a deal is a deal. I mean, yourself. yeah, I mean that as well. I can't I'm, believe it's, so much you bookstores <laughs> what's up i can't believe you went to so many bookstores for common funko Pops. dude i mean well the, the thing too was i had nothing going on so i was just that's like true. i was like i i need to because that's the thing where we've we've admittedly been a little bit slower at the shop so i've been wanting to uh like make the most of my time you know i've been working out a little bit i've been like cooking food so that i don't i'm not so that me and mark aren't fucking going to popeyes you know every two days um and yeah that, that was the thing where i was just like all right, i was like i need something to do and i was just yeah like a loser going around from uh different barnes and nobles and listen if there would have been more i probably would have driven through those today but uh <laughs> i scooped up the greater land chicago area of uh common funko pops from barnes and nobles 
it's just like that part of the movie where you see the map of the United States and then a little car and the dotted lines ping ponging from point to point. Oh God, just, yeah. If, if I if I had the capability to animate, I totally <laughs> would have animated that myself. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, but before we get out of here, Dave, uh, once again, thank you everyone who's listened. Uh, we got a lot of fun feedback for last week's episode. So many people at the shop that that were loving the Rick and Gale episode. A lot of like people, like I would see them on their headphones and kind of just like laughing. Uh, yeah. Tons, tons of positive feedback. You know, I, I got, I got the, I got the nod from, uh, for the big cheese himself. Ryan liked it, which I was just like oh man and i was like yeah thank you know like thank you it, it you know gail told me the story of uh or was it you who told me the story of of ryan texting gail oh i i she told me and then i told you go go, you, you go ahead and tell the story you you, you know it better yeah well and also not just the shop but uh gail and ricky himself like they i think they were tickled pink at how many i mean after we recorded Gail was like, people actually will listen to this? And we're like, yeah, they're going to love it. And they kind of didn't believe us. But I think, like, people in the shop were mentioning to them, and they were kind of getting excited about it. And then Gail snuck over to my desk and said, oh, I listened to it. It was great. And then she said, you and Berto have great voices for radio. I mean, perfect. And uh, I just wanted you to know, I got a message, and I pulled up my phone, and it was Ryan. He said, you did great, Mom. And uh, so, like, that was a nice little badge of validation. Like, if you listen to the episode, you'll see, you know, they have kind of an adversarial, familial uh, relationship, but um, they had to feel good. You know, like, clearly they both love Ryan and they love uh, working with the company. So, and, and if you know Ryan, he's not quick to dole out praise. So to get a nice, you know, that was a nice text message. So. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, he he told me himself he really enjoyed the episode, and yeah, like, listen, uh, like I know there's some people at the shop who are like, "What about me?" And the people who um, are are or I don't want to say worthy. Listen, the people who are fun enough to have in front of a microphone, we've had and plan on having them soon. Uh, I'm announcing yeah. first here, uh, friend of the show, Mark Villanueva. He will be episode sixty nine because. Uh, as he, as he, he came up to me, he came up to me, he goes, Hey buddy, um, I did the math and I'm not saying you have to, but if you wanted to have me on, uh, your podcast, episode 69 would be like the one year anniversary of me working here. And, you know, he, and he's like, I would consider him like my protege. You know, I, I very much, anytime I need anything, he's always there to help and you can always rely on Mark. You got him under your wing. Exactly. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, of course. And then it follows it up with, you know, plus also 69, you know, it's kind of funny. <laughs> so I was like, of course, buddy. I was like, you can, you can be on episode 69. So, yeah. uh, 11 weeks from now he will be on, but, uh, you know, there's other people at the shop who are kind of like, Oh, but why me? What about me? And like, listen, you, we've a- got a fair amount of sour grapes from people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like how come, how come I haven't been on? Uh, but uh, listen, listen. G- not everyone can be as fun and entertaining as Gail and Rick. You know, sorry, yeah. I hate to say it, but uh, not everyone can. We got. We still got to get Phoenix on. Oh God, for, that, for, that's, for, the, that's the one that is eluding us for some reason. I don't know why. Fred Phoenix, for those of you aware of uh, whoever been to the shop, whoever been to like our events, he is for all intents and purposes our handyman. 
Yeah. Uh, wonderful individual. Uh, the man has so many stories. You know, yeah. the man, the man probably he's like he's almost like Black Kramer to me. Old Black Kramer. <laughs> you know, the amount of times I, I get off work and I like I or I, I'm going to you know to my mom's house or something i need to drive for whatever reason i'll see him propped open in the other garage uh just playing jazz just on his saxophone just playing jazz with himself out and i'm just like yeah man you know he has his he has his tall boy there and he's just drinking and fucking playing jazz dudes lift a hell of a life uh i was completely unaware he told me the other day there was like some and that's the one thing i i like i love chicago history I'm, I'm, I'm a, as uh, much of a whore as I am for fall weather. I'm a whore for Chicago history. And the man's 69 years old and has lived in Chicago his whole life. So all he has is Chicago history. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you remember a Riverview amusement park? And th- that's what he sounds like. It's not me just doing like a stereotypical yeah. voice also. And I was like, no. And over, over by, for those of you unaware, over by Belmont and uh, Western, there used to be like an amusement park. Up until like '67, when they they took it down and replaced it with a uh, police station, there there was an amusement park, and there was like a PBS documentary on it. I, I had to I had to go about, and I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I don't want to watch this. I was like, I want to watch it on my own. But uh, yeah, yeah, he was informing me about that. He's he's someone that we need to get on here. We want to get on here. Um, you know, in in more recent time, we've uh, we've had a lot less wrestlers on here. Uh, kind of just the pandemic. It's it's a lot harder for us to get down and like do the one-on-one interviews with them. But we promise yeah. you, we do have. I, I've reached out to to several people. We're gonna have more wrestlers on coming again soon. And uh, you, you know, it's we it it was it was kind of like huh, sitting back and like realizing we've done fifty-two episodes of this, and like episode one hundred. You know, we keep advertising. That's the Ryan episode. By no by no means is that like the stopgap. That's not the point where in which we're going to stop. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We're done. Yeah, but you know, like we're gonna keep going after that. It's just I again. I have no plans of stopping anytime soon. Um, yeah, I don't. I can't speak for you, David, but I think that sentiment is very much shared as well. And yeah, yeah, like we we love doing this. We we love the feedback you guys give us every week and. There is a Patreon coming. Uh, I'm working very diligently on figuring that out. Uh, if you have any ideas of anything you'd like to hear, like for a Patreon show, uh, shoot us an email. You know, uh, DM us because it's yeah. you know, like we very much have an idea of like, okay, this A, B, and C. You know, we want to do, but we like hearing feedback from all you guys. You know, you're the one. Yeah, what listening. could we do to separate some dollars out of your wallet? exactly i believe i believe was it trevor who put in the, that poll that i put up on facebook that he wanted a taxidermy mouse uh a show with with you um oh i do it in a heartbeat <laughs> oh, yeah in a heartbeat listen there's uh there's no there's no shortage of shows that we can put out okay uh but dave it's unfortunately i believe it's that time of the week now where i've run out of things to say man yeah, I'm sitting here uh, in my bedroom, and I smell beef and broccoli, and I've run out of things to say, too. So. Oh, beef and broccoli. Someone's getting in the car and driving over there right now. Uh, oh, all right. Man. All right, Stink. Well, uh, 
thank you everybody for listening uh make sure you're following us on twitter and instagram at pwtcast and uh for this week i've been scrump and this is stank and this is friend of the show kenny omega kenny omega here friend of the show unfortunately we've run out of things to say and so well we must bid you adieu so until next time at the pwt's cast goodbye and good night bang bang